Good morning. It's Monday, June 10th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined on the other line this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott! Wow. That's a lot of excitement for me, Connor. <laughs> I, uh, thank you for the introduction. 75 days until the start of the college football season. It's until week zero. Miami versus Florida. So. Trey, that number gets smaller and smaller every day. Perhaps we should petition the NCAA to make it smaller still, but if we do, better make sure we do it because of lack of playing time and not illness of a relative. That's right, Trey. Mm-hmm. On Friday, the University of Illinois announced that the appeal it had filed on behalf of Georgia transfer Luke Ford was denied by the NCAA in a decision described as final and binding. The third-ranked tight end in the class of 2018 announced in January that he intended to transfer from Georgia to Illinois to be closer to his ailing grandparents. In April, the NCAA issued a denial of Ford's waiver application to play immediately in 2019. Friday's decision confirms that Ford won't see the field in orange and blue until 2020. Uh, So this obviously is a story that people have pretty strong feelings about, isn't it, Trey? Yeah, it is. And I think this was surprising. It's surprising because we've seen quarterbacks at big schools being given immediate eligibility in the last year. Justin Fields, Tate Martell, Shea Patterson. And also, Luke Ford hired Tom Mars. He's the guy who got those cases. He's the attorney who had the the Patterson and and the Fields cases cleared. So you're thinking, okay, why would the NCAA not approve Luke Ford's waiver? He, He wants to be closer to his grandparents. He's got Tom Mars on his side, and we just saw the NCAA give give Justin Fields and Tate Martell the green light. When when it when you could sure we we know what we know that both kind of stumped for for playing or immediate playing time or immediate eligibility on things that had nothing to do with playing time. But but you kind of know why they left those schools, right? So Luke Ford, maybe yeah, I mean I'm sure he left for playing time too, but he had a good waiver. And this brings us back to the territory where we can no longer predict what the NCAA is going to do. Because we thought we thought Tate Martell becoming eligible at Miami had sort of changed the game. We thought free agency in college football was upon us. Maybe maybe we're back a little bit. Maybe we're slowing down. Maybe the NCAA uh, sent, a, sent a, a statement out kind of with Luke Ford. Yeah, I mean, it's we're kind of in a tough spot here because we're flying blind to a degree. Uh, Luke Ford... And uh, Brock Hoffman are an example of two people who've been very clear and outspoken about the very specific reasons that they gave for why they wanted to transfer. And while we can kind of read the tea leaves on Tate Martell and Justin Fields, we ultimately like do not have a copy of the waiver that they submitted to the NCAA. And the NCAA is a position where in order to protect uh, the privacy of the student athlete, they very understandably cannot give that information out to just anybody who wants it. So... Uh, it's kind of tough in that regard. Um, I will say, if to, to play devil's advocate, and I don't, I'm only like 60 40 agree with this take, but like by the letter of the law, it's hard to make a super compelling case that while on from a human level, I would like to see Luke Ford to be able to play in front of his grandpa immediately. That would be awesome. But by the letter of the rule as it is written right now, and you know, maybe advocate for changing the rule, but that's another issue. It says 
The, the waiver could be granted if the transfer is due to documented mitigating circumstances that are outside the student-athlete's control and directly impact the health, safety, and well-being of the student-athlete. The key word at the very end of that sentence, the well-being of the student-athlete. So while, you know, the Brock Hoffman and, and Luke Ford t- situations tug at your heartstrings, I mean, it's hard to look at that rule and not feel like they're fighting an uphill battle to get a waiver approved on those grounds you said that well like the tug at your heartstrings those the ford case and the hoffman case even more so a lot of groundswell a lot of support for those two guys on twitter right whereas meanwhile <laughs> tate martell becoming eligible was no one was like oh poor little tate martell poor little miami uh, he better be eligible right but but you're right connor like the best case like we, we don't know. The waiver submissions are confidential. So the the route that you're seeing other people going that seems to be the successful one is the personal reasons document. It's, it's Matthew Baldwin wants to be eligible immediately at TCU. He's obviously leaving Ohio State because Justin Fields just got there. But right. he's going to cite, he told Chris Hummer at 24-7 Sports, he's citing personal reasons outside of just a desire to play closer at home into his departure. We don't know those reasons. But if Matthew Baldwin gets cleared to play immediately at TCU, wink, wink, we, we're going to know we're going to know that those personal reasons were compelling. It's, it's tough because you kind of want to compare, do one-to-one comparisons on all these and say, oh, well, Justin Fields got approved and his circumstances were this, this, and this, and Tate Martell got approved and his circumstances were this, this, and this. And then how come you compare these and – you know, just on a human level, it's tough to wrap your head around how Luke Ford and Brock Hoffman would uh, get get their requests denied, where where others got appealed. And it's tough because we don't we're not operating with a hundred percent clarity as to what the contents of everybody's appeal exactly was. And maybe it, one thing does seem clear to me, and you're kind of hitting on it there, is like making your the grounds for your appeal having something to do with something that happened at the school rather than any like circumstances back home seems to be the way to go. Like it has to be focused around something that happened at the school, whether how, however trivial that the circumstance might seem as a basis for an appeal, I guess. Absolutely. Like cite mistreatments, cite personal reasons, and then make, put the insta light in a really uncomfortable spot. Of, of calling BS on you. And I don't know if the NCAA will. So uh, really tough stuff there uh, for Luke Ford. Brock Hoffman, I know, is another one who we're still waiting on the final outcome of that process, right? Right. Ho- Hoffman, Matthew Baldwin, Sean Robinson, James Hudson at Cincinnati. That's an interesting one. Um, he's, he's, he's talking about mental health. Chris Steele at USC. We've talked about him enough in the last week. Same with Brew McCoy. Tennessee's got two guys there waiting on Aubrey Solomon from Michigan, D'Angelo Gibbs from uh, from Georgia. A lot of guys. Uh, and it's I think maybe I think it, it is true though that you can't paint this with too broad a brush. Like maybe Tate Martella did not usher in college football free agency. So we'll see. It's it's gonna depend on how, how compelling your waiver is as far as personal reasons go, because I don't think I mean if Tom Mars can't help Luke Ford. That he just, I guess, the NCAA just wasn't going to listen to that case. 
Well, Trey, it was a big weekend for visits and commitments. Future future transfer portal entries, we'll see. Uh, but for right now, they're just committed prospects. Um, so, Trey, let's let's run through a couple of these bad boys because this is a massive weekend of commits. It's really it's a, a huge weekend. I recommend people going to the, the football recruiting tab at 24-7 Sports, going to the commits. There's a ton. Um, the one that caught my eye, Alex Huntley. So that's a four-star defensive Woo. tackle commits to South Carolina. Yeah, he did. Well, his teammate is Jordan Birch, the number yep. one recruit in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and mean, Jordan Birch they, is already getting a lot of good Gamecock momentum anyway. They both go to Hammond School, which is a private school in Columbia, South Carolina. And, boy, that defensive line is going to be batting up that little private school league. Uh, God, I kind of want to see some of that. It's going to be disgusting. Isn't that interesting that you would produce like two, like you'd have two SECers on a defensive line in, in a private league? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Tennessee. This is gonna be interesting. Tennessee's piping into East St. Louis High School. Uh, they got two two guys uh, this weekend, including four star safety Antonio Johnson. I always think it's interesting when you see schools recruit regions they typically don't, and that's because of new staffs and new staff connections. So. Will Tennessee start mining the Midwest? We'll see. Yeah, it's still uh, early. LSU, uh, yeah, just real quickly on that. It's still early days, but Tennessee's state-by-state commitment breakdown is pretty wild. Uh, Illinois joint first with Georgia for two, uh, and then uh, Tennessee also with two, and then Maryland and Mizzou. So, yeah, as you mentioned, pretty interesting geographic makeup to that class right now. Yeah, like they're, they're recruiting outside of the South, and I, you're seeing a lot of schools do that. Texas recruits California like crazy. We'll see if they still do with, with the Brew McCoy impact but i th- yeah i think all of that's all of that's you know college football is getting more global or, or national i should say um it's but then but then it's also probably an easier transfer prospect risk uh lsu we talked about the tigers on friday's podcast uh they got another top 247 safety this week jordan tolls so yeah dbu for sure i think uh connor uh yeah i mean definitely i it's it's hard to make. Uh, I mean, I guess you could make an argument against it. Uh, does doesn't Texas try to say it's DBU sometimes? Sometimes Texas okay. Texas hasn't had a good case for that in a while. But anyway, this moves the Tigers up to the number two class in the country in the uh, 2020 recruiting rankings. Clemson still has number one. Alabama is third. Alabama on Sunday uh, got four star offensive line or outside linebacker uh, Demory Kennedy. He's the number 96 player in the 24/7 Sports composite. It's, Miami has the number four class. Uh, the Hurricanes got a big offensive tackle, six foot six, three hundred thirty-one pound Jalen Rivers, committed to to Miami Miami on Sunday. So I would say it's the, been busy. The Canes are kind of volume shooters at number four right now. I mean, if you look at their average composite score, uh, it's it's a bit lower than the other ones around them. But yeah, Rivers. This is Miami's time. Yeah, this is Miami does this every year. <laughs> and it's 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 nice to actually see Manny Diaz have this squad in the top 10, top five as we get closer to the season. And no. we, we saw Al Golden fill up his recruiting classes almost a year in advance. And so Miami would always have the number one class for a little bit. Speaking of uh, Miami has the number one class for 2021 right now. So do they really? Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it was a long way to go. Um what did Miami finish with last year? Miami last year was 28th. I remember that. So, so yeah, this is a good good class for, for Manny Diaz so far. Ohio State on Sunday night flipped four-star offensive tackle Grant Toutant from Penn State. A little Big Ten East crime. And Mizzou 
cracked into the top two four seven to get a linebacker, Antonio Doyle. He's a number one eighty six player in the composite. So, Connor, it's a lot. I well, mean, this one, is one more I want to tack on there. Uh, wide receiver Troy Omir to A and M. Oh yeah, tasty yeah, Con- wide receiver pairing there with the uh, number two overall wide receiver Demond Demas. I, I don't have no idea whether I'm yeah. pronouncing either of those names correctly, but yeah, uh, that's a top one hundred guy. I have him on my list. I must have just glazed him over. So. Yeah. The off season. This is Texas June bias. Is, this is the uh, this is a busy recruiting season. Like this is this this is it. This is visits every weekend for most schools. They have camps. It'll die down in mid July, and then in August the football season will pick up. But this is where you're going to see your recruiting classes add handfuls of guys. Yeah, I I mean, there's maybe a chance we left a four-star guy out because our uh, recent commits page, like, cuts off at 50. And, uh, like, if you go all the way down to the bottom, it's June 7th is, like, the the latest one you can see there. So uh, We absolutely left, like, plenty of good storylines out, too. Like, Ole Miss just gets three in the same day. So there's a lot of exciting action going on, and it's... Hopefully those were the big stories that we got. Yeah, well, Trey, that's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Tuesday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz.